Hey there, this is Vicki R. Snow, and you're listening to another episode of Faithing Your Fears. Hey, just before we get started, I just want to remind you about our 31-day Proverbs Challenge. Today we're on day six because it is the sixth today. So you read one chapter that corresponds to the date of the month. So in case you haven't gotten started yet, it's no big deal. It's not something you have to start from the beginning. You just start from today. And then head on over to our Faithing Your Fears Facebook page to drop a note about how it's impacted you, something that you've learned or taken away from it. Proverbs is one of my favorite books because every time I read it, there's a new revelation and I read it a lot (laughs) and I have highlights all over the place in my online Bible. Oh, so it is great. So I would love to hear what some of your takeaways are. Someone shared yesterday about a takeaway they had and it was funny because that morning I had highlighted the exact same verse. So it was really cool. So I'm excited to hear what um, you guys are learning from Proverbs this month. The other thing is, I realized recently that I can actually look at some analytics for the podcast. It basically will tell me what area of the world people are listening to this podcast from. And the majority are here in the US, though there are some in a few other countries. But surprisingly, most of the listeners in the U.S. are in New York. So hello, New York. Thank you so much for listening in. I'm so excited that you're here. So just wanted to give a shout out to you guys uh, for being awesome listeners. Like you guys have the most, most downloads ever. So thank you very much for that. All right. So today I'm going to get on with this episode. And it is one that is going to probably be a little bit hard for me to share I actually did an episode with my testimony probably a few months ago, but I never shared it because after I recorded it, I felt very uneasy. I just felt very vulnerable and I wasn't quite ready. So it's actually still sitting there as a recording. I may have to go listen to it again and see if I'm ever going to actually share it with you guys, but I'm going to share tidbits of it with you today because, you know, today I was thinking about how God loves us as is. You know, when you go and buy a car and it's a used car and it is sold to you as is, and you're just hoping that you don't end up with a lemon that has a bazillion problems to it and you're going to sink a ton of money into it. Well, (laughs) I want you to know that you are not a lemon. God accepts you as is. And all the problems and things that might come up in life doesn't get God frustrated. He just loves you as is. No changes needed. He's willing to put the work in because he just loves you so much. Well, the reason that I'm sharing this is because for many years I felt like a lemon. (laughs) So when I was a little girl, I was probably six years old and um, a boy next door to where I lived had, we'll just say violated me. It's stuff I don't talk about very often, so I probably won't always use the right words, but you can just use your imagination. (laughs) Um, So it started there with this boy next door. And I even remember one time when he had me in his room and his mom opened the door, saw what was happening, 
and turned around and closed the door and walked away. And I remember that to this day and, you know, I'm 48, so it's 42 years ago, but I remember that vision in my head because I was so disappointing. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so it happened there. It happened when I was seven, happened when I was 13. And then when I was 17, just about to turn 18, or maybe I had just turned 18, like a week into it. I can't remember the exact time, but it was right around the time I turned 18 before or after. I'm not sure. Um, where a boyfriend, uh, an ex-boyfriend, we had broken up and he came back to my house and came to my room to talk, you know, can use air quotes there, but it ended up being yet another violation. And I was so scared. I did not tell my parents. They were downstairs and I was certain that if my dad knew he would bury this guy on our land somewhere. And I was so scared my dad would go to jail that I just didn't say anything because I did not, my dad was very protective. And so, and we had a lot of land at the time. And he used to always say, I got 49 acres of land. I'll bury, you know, I'll bury that kid and you'll never find him. (laughs) And he would say stuff like that. And I was convinced that dad would go to jail and I didn't want to live my life without my dad. So I just never said anything. So as a result of that, I felt from the time I was six years old, just very, very devalued, devalued. I felt like unlovable, like I constantly had to be a good girl so that people would love me. And I felt, you know, by the time I was 17, 18 years old, by that point, after that last time, I felt so just dirty, just used I felt unclean. I felt like unlovable. I felt like, what is, what does this even matter anymore? So I started drinking a lot more, partying just so I could forget everything. I probably did that until I was, I don't know, maybe 23 or something like that, 22, 23 years old. And one day I just felt like God spoke to my spirit and just said, you know, when are you going to use me as your coping mechanism instead of alcohol? And I was like, oh, I don't know. (laughs) Well, he put somebody in my life, a male actually, that valued me. And he actually taught me that I have value and I didn't have to do anything with anybody in order to be approved or to be loved or anything else. It was one of the best lessons that I ever learned. And since then, I, I I had stopped drinking. Like, I don't think that there's anything wrong if somebody has a drink or anything. But I know I can't because I know that that was a coping mechanism for me. And I don't ever want to use that as a coping mechanism again. I want to always just go to the Lord and let him help me get through whatever challenges I might face in life. So... In addition um, to feeling devalued and unloved and just, you know, awful, I just became quiet and kind of introverted. And I always felt throughout school that I was a misfit. I didn't feel like I, um, I mattered. I didn't feel like anyone wanted me to be around. I pretty much was just... Um, someone who wanted to blend in with the wall, not be called on in class. I just was very, very shy. And it was really interesting because when I had my daughter, she was probably 
two years old and I went online to just see what some signs were of anybody that or a child that would be sexually abused because I wanted to be aware that if anything was going to happen to her, even if she wouldn't tell me, I would know because I was going to see these signs. As I was going through the list, oh my gosh, I was like, that's me, that's me, that's me. I never even realized it. So at this point, I'm like 31, 32 years old or something. And um, I was like, oh my gosh, well, that explains so much of my life. <laughs> it was so crazy. Um, so because of that, I, I really struggled to figure out where do I even fit in the kingdom, right? Because I became a Christian when I was like 12 or 13 years old. I didn't really know what it was all about. I just had the option that they gave me at the church of, you want to go to heaven or you want to go to hell? Okay, I'll choose heaven. Okay, say this prayer that's on the back of this card and you'll be saved. So that's what I did. So it wasn't like it was any super spiritual moment there, but I did make some sort of commitment when I was younger. Um, so anyway, I wondered later, where do I fit into this kingdom? Like, does God see me? Like I see myself, I feel inferior. I feel awful. Um, people wouldn't notice, like I didn't even tell my family or friends what happened until I was in my twenties when I finally could get to a point where I could share with people. <clears throat> so the thing is though, that I learned, I ended up going to Bible college when I was, uh, I think 24 and I got immersed in a culture of, of praise and worship and just people who were kind and loving and had come from all sorts of different backgrounds and had all sorts of different stories. And it helped me to be able to forgive all the people who had done those things to me. Now, none of the people who had done those things were my family. It was usually outsiders. And um, <clears throat> so... I, I think when I began to forgive them, I started to understand that God actually does love me and I have an identity in him and it, it's not based on the terrible choices that I made <laughs> throughout my life as a result of those feelings of insecurity and inferiority. It wasn't based on my behavior. He just loved me because he loves me. It ended up turning out that those experiences that I had, it felt a little bit like like Joseph when he got uh, sold by his brothers and ended up being um, the Pharaoh's you know, second in command and was able to store up all kinds of food so that when the famine hit, people could come there and get food, you know. So what he said to his brothers was, you know, you meant it for evil, but God worked it for good. And I feel like that same thing. Like I always feel like God was with me all the time and it grieved his heart to see any evil that would be happening. But I also believe that those experiences that I had and also the experiences I had as a result of my own bad choices are things that I can now use when you know, interacting with other people who've gone through similar things, you know, more recently. I'm able to understand people in a way that someone else wouldn't who hasn't been through it and hasn't had those types of feelings about themselves and have questions about God and, 
I feel like now, you know, the first time something happened was 42 years ago. And then um, another, what, 31 or so from when, you know, the last violation happened when I was 17 or 18. Um, I feel like with these decades of, of life and experience and just really getting to know God more, that's really helped me be able to offer some wisdom and insight when I see people that are struggling with similar feelings, you know, this feeling of contempt that you have for yourself, this feeling like you don't have uh, value, like you're worthless, like you're not deserving of goodness. You know, these are feelings that tragedy and trauma and stuff can bring on us. It could have sent me in a completely different direction. You know, I could have gone a completely different way and kept thinking that I have no value. I could have kept feeling worthless and unlovable. But luckily, <laughs> this is my favorite thing is like, but God, <laughs> but God shows up in ways and makes you feel his presence. And that regardless of what happens to you or regardless of the consequences you have of some of the choices you've made, it does not ever change how much he loves you and that all of those things can be used for good. And that's what I ended up choosing ultimately is that I'm going to let these things cause me to be victorious, not to be victimized for the rest of my life. One of my favorite verses is Micah 7, 8. I know I've shared that on this podcast before because it says, do not rejoice over me, my enemy, for when I fall down, I will get back up. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light for me. When I think about that verse, like I always heard people who had these life verses and I was like, how do you have a life verse? <laughs> I don't even know, like what one would I even choose? But just over time, this one has always come back to me because it was like, there's always a fight over me. There's always a fight inside of me that says, you know what? You can do all the things to me that you want to do. I don't care because I will get back up. And I don't care how many times I'm going to sit in darkness where I feel alone and rejected and despised and horrible. I, The Lord will be a light for me and I will come out of this. I will not stay in this place. So I know that the enemy is always nonstop going around seeking who he can devour. He is trying to tear us down nonstop, all day long. That's his job. And this Micah 7-8 verse has always just reminded me, like, guess what? I don't care. You can keep trying whatever you're going to keep trying because that's your thing. But I will keep getting up. We're not ever going to have a life that is free from trials and conflict and things happening all around us. We're not going to have a storm-free life. Nobody is. But what we do with those storms, like when we're sitting in that dark place, are we just going to let it fall on us? Are we going to let it devastate us? Or are we going to say, you know what? I get that this storm is happening right now. And I also know because of that, the sun is going to come out on the other side of this. So yeah, I'm going to get a little wet right now from this storm. And my hair is going to get blown all over the place from the winds and the rain and the hail 
and all the things. And maybe I'm not even dressed for it. Maybe I'm in shorts and a t-shirt and this is the coldest, most violent storm ever. It does not matter because it's going to end. First of all, it's not going to go on forever. And second of all, when I come out, even if I have bumps and bruises and scratches and tears and whatever else I have, it doesn't matter because I'm going to come out. And then when I see someone that is going through that kind of storm, I'm going to be able to tell them, don't worry, you're going to get through this. I've been there. We're going to do this together. I'm bringing you an umbrella. Somebody brought me an umbrella when I was 24 years old and told me that I had value. Was it 24? 23 years old. And told me that I had value. And it wasn't even a Christian. It was just somebody who saw value in me as a person and wanted better for me. And it changed the whole trajectory of my life. Just even if it changed it one degree, it was one degree better than where I was heading. So I want to encourage you today, if hopefully I can do this without (laughs) being so choked up, but I want you to know that whatever you're going through, God is there with you and he is not causing it to happen to you, but he's going to be there on the other side of this thing. And he's even there now comforting you. If you keep your eyes on God and not on your circumstance, you just keep your eyes on God knowing I'm coming out of this. I don't care what it is. It will not break me. It may bend me. It may bend me over and I be maybe curled up in a corner somewhere just wishing to die or wishing to, you know, whatever. But it, I'm going to not break. I am going to come out on the other side of this and I will be victorious in my life. That is something that I have always stood on. I will not be victimized. Like I may be a victim of some things that happened in my life, but I will not be victimized by them. I will be victorious over them. They will not own my feelings. I will own my feelings. I will own the direction where my life is going to go. I'm not going to let the people that violated me or hurt my feelings or hurt my body or hurt anything else ever take away my joy and my peace. And so would I say that I'm grateful that that stuff happened? No. I mean, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. However, now at least I can understand when people are going through certain things in a way that someone else can't, like I said earlier. And so to me, that's a victory. It's a victory to me that I don't have to live with that stuff over my head. I don't have to live feeling devalued and unlovable. You know, those feelings that we have on the inside, those are the things that keep us in this place of fear. And I want you to have victory. There is going to be stuff that makes us scared in our lives. There's going to be things that are out of our comfort zone. There are going to be things that we go through that we don't want to go through. And we're like, why God, I don't want this. (laughs) But you hang in there, okay? Because there's the other side. It's coming. The sun always comes out after the rain. And sometimes, just like in real weather, you need the rain that waters the seeds that grow the flowers and the trees and the grass and all the things. They need the rain. And I feel like in our lives, sometimes we need the rain to really get the seeds of the greatness that's on the inside of us 
to be able to poke through the ground and to grow and to flourish. So even though it's not comfortable in these storms, so much good is going to come out of it. If you focus on the good that's going to come out of it, don't let the storm break you. And I am always here. I just want to throw that out for you that if you ever want to send me a message or you need prayer or anything else, I'm so happy to do that and to um, just be alongside you. So feel free to shoot me a message, you know, coach at vickiarsenault.com or just go to Faithing Your Fears on Facebook and shoot me a, a private message you know, whatever. I just, I hope that you feel encouraged today. And if any of you have been in the situation that I was in, I'm, I'm just sending you a hug. And I know there are all kinds of other circumstances out there that I haven't gone through that some of you have. I'm sending you a hug and a prayer. And I want you to know that you're valuable and that you are loved and that you don't have to sit in a place of contempt for yourself because God does not feel that way about you. He loves you enemy hates you. God loves you. (sighs) Okay, guys, this was a little bit heavier than I wanted it to be today, but it is what it is, right? It's out there and I hope that it encourages somebody today. I'm looking forward to seeing you next time or talking to you next time and um, keep going on your Proverbs challenge. And I hope that you go through this day and through this week feeling a little bit more empowered. All right, you guys, have a most amazing week. Talk to you soon.